0: Welcome back everybody, this is the Wilderness Tamer podcast, mini-sewed number 18, getting it ready. Quick shout out to the show's sponsors is Dry Pocket Apparel. They are the future of swimwear that come with their integrated dry bag as a pocket with a self-sealing magnetic strip that is certified to 100 feet down and it will keep your phone dry as a bone. So go check them out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and as well as drypocketapparel.com. Now, to save you a little bit of money, use promo code WILDERNESS to get you 25% off your order. My other sponsors are Nomad Outdoors and City Bonfires. Thank you for your support. Now, getting into this episode, or this past weekend, I should say, me, my brother, my cousin, and one of his buddies, they all three live up in North Georgia, which they've, the two of them debuted, and my brother's been on before, so I y'all have definitely heard him. And we went, well, start off, we had a kick-ass camping trip, and on a section of the river here in South Georgia, I've talked about it in episodes and many episodes or later ones and thanks to hurricane elsa and just it being monsoon season here in the south georgia region the rivers are way too high to be camping on we probably end up in florida in about two days from where we're at so we had to scrap the idea and we ended up going to florida st mark's florida be exact and we got a place to stay down there we've had it since i've been knee-high to a grasshopper and We fished the St. Mark's we put in there with our kayaks. It was kind of my brother's maiden voyage trip with his. He had just gotten it. I mean, he's fished up there in his lakes and stuff like that. But other than that, he seemed, he liked it a lot. And my cousin Cody and his friend Greg, they both brought their kayaks. And we had fun. It was putting in, we just kind of went downriver, which I regularly do not do. But fishing-wise, I figured it'd be better not having to paddle. <laughs> and, you know, adjusting all that because it was strong. I mean, this is a decent sized river, and it's deep. A lot of tall manatee grass. It's if anybody, if y'all want to Google what it looks like under it, Google the Wakulla River, and it will show you what it looks like. Except the St. Marks is more brackish and dirty-ish water. I should say, but it's clear, but it's not. It's brown from where boats stirred up and all that stuff. But having to deal with boats passing by and all that we ended up well we did see a lot of gators probably our biggest one ranging from six to eight feet i don't think he pushed in but he's definitely big enough i didn't want him near me and we saw a couple of little four or five footers little bathtub toys you know but the cool one of the coolest things it was greg was like holy crap there's a big old gator right here in the middle of the river big gator man it's like 10 feet off my boat and what it ended up being was a manatee and her baby I tried to get GoPro footage of them, but I didn't want to get too close to spook them. You can see them, but not as good as you would have if we were in the Wakulla because it's the water is so murky, and I think that's part of the problem why we didn't catch a single thing all day, at least in the kayak. The only fish caught that weekend was off the dock in front of the boathouse by my brother Brian, a good little pound and a half bass, maybe a pound. Good little tournament fish and uh the other night it's just fun getting out of the kayaks for me <clears throat> i did some gopro footage but i like i say my main voyage with that i gotta learn my angle i gotta set it i'm going to figure out a way where i can do a little marker or something across the front where i put my camera and line it up so i know i have the right angle of what i'm looking at i had it too far i guess not really looking down at what i'm looking at more of what like out in front which it did fine it did good. But I just wish the angle was a little bit lower. So, you know, the learning curve with that, it is what it is. Just took it out. Still learning how to use the dang thing. And I just got it hooked up to where I can use my phone with it as well. So whatever the GoPro sees, it automatically pairs to my phone so I can upload to social media and all that, which is really cool. I like the simplicity of that. If there is such a thing as caveman technology, I'm for it. Keep it simple. <laughs> but... Other than that, we we ended up going further river down or further down river than we expected with the current. It was pushing pretty good because we caught it at low tide when the high tide is going to be pushing in. So that's a good thing and a bad thing. You got the river of the current all and the high tide pushing in, which brings in food, which should get the biting going. Should I'm using quotation marks not using the audio yet, which I think I should start. I am going to start doing that, but I just hadn't yet I'm working on it. Okay. So this thing like I can say, I'm building this step by step and I'm working and I'm learning this summer has been so busy for me. I mean, I've gone on a couple trips, a few kayaking and day fishing trips, but other than that, we ended up paddling, oh, we paddled back up river and my the current usually doesn't affect my boat too much i got a perception scout 12 foot kayak i've had it for at least eight nine years now and it handles current pretty good all it's just overall good kayak for whatever situation i want to get in considering it being the ocean to a mountain creek chasing trout so but i was actually having a little bit of a hard time and a little funny part of the trip we we're on the way back and how greg and coyote and cody's about said coyote cody's kayaks they were a little they were 10 foot but they're real wide and they set out of the water good but that's what the problem was the bow was really wide and you can hear the water they were pushing the water versus cutting it unlike the bow of my boot and my brother's where we have like a front of a canoe almost on our kayaks well we hear cody's like y'all wait up He said i'm back here paddling a square and I, I don't blame him because I was having trouble. I was actually having to hoof it to get back where I could actually have a speed and maintain where I was at. Because otherwise, the current would just kind of, you wouldn't go nowhere. You actually had to exert some energy to it. So we finally, we kind of just hovered and waited for him to catch up, which he wasn't that far behind. He was only about maybe 100 yards, if that. But just being in that river, we wanted to stay close because boats were hauling ass right up on us. And I mean, they wouldn't stop till probably about 100 yards. So still their wake of them hauling butt carried on to us. Uh, we didn't really get anything sketchy until the way on the way back, this one boat come by. And it was a good test. Everybody got a little wobbly, but no one fell out, no one lost anything. So that's a plus. <clears throat> Other than that, on that trip, it was we drank some good beer. We recorded a podcast episode. We tried to record uh number two. It just wasn't enough content and we were all just worn out because we also went to Ocola Springs right after we got out of kayaking and and me and my brother and all of us, we jumped in off the about 20 foot tower they have out there. It might be taller. I need to measure it or just ask. I will probably Google it. And uh, we did that for a little bit, kind of cooled off. But with that got shut down by a rainstorm, like a legit one of them, it was clacking good to the fact of that many people get out of the water. So, which by then, we were pretty much done anyway. So, we went back, went and ate some good food that last night. Good old seafood buffet. And went back and finished off our beer for the weekend. And that was pretty much it. It was a good kind of ending trip of this, or ending summer trip for fishing. Because now, my brain, which it, it always is on this subject. But we're two months out from the Georgia whitetail archery season. I can't tell you how pumped up I am again about hunting with the bow, especially because I, i mean, like, I said, I hung it up. I hunted for eight years with a bow, public land, and it was difficult. It just, I never had the the opportunity of a deer just walking in, me drawing back and shooting, never, ever presented itself. Either my error, another hunter, or just the deer zig when it should have zagged. But that's hunting. I still I got that fire in man. It is restoked to a bonfire. I'm getting or I'm getting all my stuff together, trying to make sure everything I'm tip for tap because I do have an opening weekend hunt planned at a WMA here in South Georgia with some friends. And I cannot tell you how stoked I am because it is an eight pointer better management area. So if you see one, it's gonna be a dandy. Granted, not saying it's easy hunting. It's going to be hard and hot. That is one thing about South Georgia, man. The humidity and just the heat and overall carrying your gear, having your vest on and all that stuff. for your tree harness, backpack, bow. It can be somewhat of a female dog. <laughs> but I like it and that's what I, I tell myself. Not everybody can do this. So I feel like it separates me a little bit just a little bit but other than that i'm getting out there i'm shooting my bow i'm practicing just on the way i practice i'm trying to be more practical for a hunting aspect i really don't have marked out 20 my my 15 20 to 30 i I've kind of go what i do is i start out I step off 20 to get a good warm-up get a few warm-up shots probably two quivers worth which is about 10 arrows and uh I'll, then I'll just go pick out a random patch of dirt. I don't know what the yardage is, if it's further, if it's behind, uh, if it's quartering, an aggressive quarter. And I'm trying to pr- get my holdover for when a shot's presented, I feel comfortable that I can land it. And I've kind of, because I'm using my Glendale buck target as a mental, I guess, what well, like snipers in the military call a dope card. I know where my holdovers at, like at 30. I pretty much got my arrow sitting in between the ears on top of the head. That's pretty much where my, what I call my hovering point, aiming point, whatever you want to call it. And this per, I mean, it puts it right there top of the heart, right in the lung. It's a good spot. Now, granted, like I said, there's going to be a million other factors. It's not going to be out there in an the open yard. I'm going to have sticks and bushes and stuff. And I feel like to me that's going to be more of a practical hunting aspect because I'm not really even judging yard. I mean, I am judging yardage to know where if I say, hey, all right, well, this is the way that i use to bow hunt or use this tactic for bow hunting. I would take a small, from my, I would be sitting in my tree and my fields of fire, I would take what you call that marking tape or whatever you see, y'all, for those of you outdoorsmen, y'all know what it is and in a fanning motion i would pick out one tree to my right one tree to my front and one tree to my left and i would set out a little i mean tie, not a big old ribbon or nothing but just enough that i could see it i would tie a ribbon at 20 30 and if i had the shot 40 but for most of the time i wanted i wanted that deer so close that i had about to have to use my 60 yard pin so But I believe that's what I'm going to try and use this tactic this season. That way you ain't got a range finder or anything like that. You can go ahead and you know if that deer is in between these two markers, you know where to hold. Hold a little high or hold a little low. So, little tip for tat information with that. It does help. But other than that, like I say, I'm shooting a Montana Fredbear longbow. And I can tell my back's getting stronger shooting it. I'm actually able to hold and I've kind of made this transition and I I didn't know I was really doing it until I watched a, a video of Clay Hayes, who is a traditional bowman and a very good one at that. He's actually been on the low the alone TV show and I speculate he probably won it because he's not really saying a whole lot. So I really didn't realize that I kind of transferred over into gap shooting. Not even realizing it. I was kind of, when I first got the bow, I realized it was, I was trying to shoot instinctual. But I kind of realized, and especially after listening to like the Stick Bow Chronicles podcast, Kafaru cast, Tom Plum, um, the push archery, instinctive has a little more hope involved with it. Now it's old school and it's a little more Indian-esque, I should say, more natural but I feel like percentages-wise, if you're a gap shooter, you're going to definitely hit what you're aiming at most of the time. So that's one thing I'm having to kind of flip-flop around with. And it seems to be working for me. So I will say that I'm just trying I'm shooting more gap shooting now, and I guess that's what I'm doing. I'm aiming with the arrow tip and having my holdover spots instead of just drawing back and letting go, which, I mean... I guess half-drawn, or what do they call it? I forgot, oh god, it skips me right now, just half-drawn and plinking, you know, whatever, that's part of a stick bow too, and it's just the fun of it, but other than that, I setup: up, I'm running three-bladed broadheads, Montech G5s, I do want to try the M3s, I'm hoping, gear-wise, I do got my stand, I got my lock on, Millennium that's someone carry that with four sticks and that's always been enough for me to get me up a tree especially to spread them out and plus me being taller i can yeah i can say spread them out i can get there a little bit higher and plus with the weight it what it's not bad at all i can strap on a little day pack on top of my stand put a little that i got little backpack straps on the bottom of my platform and i can strike out so it ain't that big of a deal and i can be ready to hunt in 15 minutes so other than that, I gotta go do a scouting trip or two over to this place for opening weekend to kind of finalize where I've want to put a spot. My last I went on a rifle hunt over there, I got drawn for it, and I got an idea where I'm going. Um, but I got to fine tooth comb it from there on out. That kinda there's a big it comes off a big hill that drops down into this acorn flat that goes about two hundred yards of woods then a field and it's all next to a river and i'm going to try and get over behind that field and get deep in them woods so i'm really looking forward to it i got my fingers crossed i've already concocted scenarios in my head and thinking big big boy big boy joe's gonna come walking out and i'm gonna stick him with the bow more than likely i'm gonna crap my crap the shot because i can't believe it's actually happening but other than that, it ain't like I ain't, ain't going to give it a hard try, though, for sure. I'm going to get everything I got, especially this season. I've got a few WMAs I've got picked out. I'm definitely going to Piedmont for a rifle hunt and an archery hunt. So, well, uh, and for, I'll say this, another little segment, making your gear stretch. I'm the top, I ain't, if I buy it, I'm going to use it until it's just ribbons. You know, I'm going get, to get the goody out of it the just the other night i realized my boots which are the lacrosse snake boots have a leak now i've had them for going on three seasons now and they have been the best damn boot because especially down here in the south you have got to have snake boots on if my thing is if you don't have snake boots down here you're not an effect or you can't be an effective hunter only and my reasoning behind that is the whole time you're having to which i say most of the time everybody doesn't really worry about it but the having the insurance knowing that you got protection on your feet and you're able to keep your eyes up looking through the woods trying to see if there's anything moving or anything like that knowing that you ain't going to get bit or less chances of getting bit are highly likely so it's just one of the things I like having it in the woods. And plus, I mean, you got to be smart too. You can't go out there and be out there. I mean, I'm, like myself, I'm a solo hunter. I mean, me and my dad, we grew up hunting. Me and dad, hunt, we're hunting partners. But as I've gotten an adult and got my own family, I've kind of just gone on my own trips and done my own stuff, which I like it. And I, can. The longest I've gone by myself is five days. Now, granted, I had guys waiting on me back when I got to camp. But for the most part, it was on my own, setting up camp and all that stuff. And I love that. That's like my passion in life. So, like again, I know I've said it again, I'm super pumped for this season. I'm super pumped for everybody. I hope it's a good season because last year it was a bit lackluster. The deer movement wasn't there just as this turkey season. I do believe 2020 still has its finger fingers wrapped around us trying to a little bit but other than that i feel good for this year and that's about it i do speaking up for upcoming episodes i will say this my next episode is probably going to be one of the co-workers that worked with us out here for at least 15 20 years out of the my job i work at the wedding venue and uh he was a vietnam veteran old school hunter and The best way i can put it i don't know if those of y'all ever seen that movie big fish about how that old the main guy in there the old guy how his story seemed to be so outlandish and all that well more every story you're gonna hear from david is true he was on vietnam as well i've already said that but his firebase got overran like gooks in the wire overran and he made it off so it's gonna be an interesting story for him to tell and as long as he wants to tell it the man's been going through some hellacious medical problems so i'm definitely trying to get him on sooner than later so i'm really looking forward to talking to him I mean, we made him work together for at least a good 15 years together just me and him so we've done a lot of talking and a lot of bullshitting and um uh, Other than that, that's pretty much it for now. Just get out here, shoot your bow, get your stuff ready, check your equipment, make sure there ain't no frays on your harness, nor on your cables on your stand. Just be careful, be safe, and think twice before you do it. (laughs) I wanna thank everybody and the sponsors for the support of this podcast. New episode probably will be dropping this weekend. I'm gonna shoot for Sunday, so stay tuned for that. Look to my social media accounts. As well on my Instagram is at Wilderness underscore Tamer underscore podcast. And look me up on Facebook as well at Wilderness Tamer Podcast. So thanks again. Y'all have a great day. And we will see y'all soon.